We have Shelby Gallagher back with us today for the second portion of the interview. This portion covers moving from a blue state to a red state. She shares how they save thousands of dollars by renting the truck in another state, how they saved on their taxes, and tips for making the moves themselves. Oh, and during it all, her husband, Glenn Tate, was going through cancer treatments. We'll get right into the interview when we come back. Practical Prepping Podcast. We're helping everyday people become prepared for whatever emergencies come our way. Where gear is good, but knowledge is better because the more you know, the less you have to carry. We're your hosts, Mark and Krista Lawley. Shelby, would you address the concerns that a prepper may have in moving from one location to another? Now, on the last segment where we talked, we you pretty well make a good case for moving from a blue state to a red state. But let's just talk about the considerations of actually the move itself. Let's say you're going from a red state to a red state. Just the actual considerations. And for those of our listeners that did not know, when they made this uh, move across state lines, when Glenn and Shelby did that, Glenn was going through cancer treatment. And so Shelby became a pretty good truck driver, I think. <laughs> and she did most of the heavy lifting on that. And But just what some of the considerations that anybody, whether they're moving 10 miles or whether they're moving 1,000 miles, since you've done it a number of times, what would be some considerations of that? So off the top of my head, what comes to my mind right now, and, the, and the, this landscape is changing quickly. So you heard us talk about in the previously um, prices are prices for property are insane. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you somehow have to figure out your finances with that. Um, Glenn and I joke about we sold our house in Washington for a stupid amount of money that we we feel like we probably cheated somebody, but then we came to Montana and paid a stupid amount of money for another (laughs) piece of property. So it seemed like a wash. So if you're on a two to five year plan and we have friends that are in this boat that, you know, they've got a couple more years to retirement. They got a couple more years to kids are graduated or whatever. Think about now what you can do to maybe put down some money on a bare piece of property just a piece of property that you could come and if you needed to bug out, you could take your fifth wheel and you could camp there or something like that. You're not going to lose value in that Mm -hmm. because in five years, if you decide that that's not where you want to move to, you're going to sell that and you're going to make a lot of money. There's always value in property Mm -hmm, as an investment, but as a prepper right now, things are just kind of insane. But if you can find a parcel somewhere a rundown single Y that the best cure for it is a match finds one of those pieces of property. They're getting harder to find, but if you can, if you're looking at a, at a plan, start looking to buy property now because it's going to get insanely expensive. It It is insane how much the prices are going up in some of these places. Um, if you are moving, here's one that nobody considers. And we talked about it a little bit on our show, um, 
Here's what's crazy. Let me give you an example. We're moving from Western Washington to Montana. So we're moving West to East. If I go to rent a U-Haul van in Western Washington, first of all, if I can get a hold of one, mm-hmm. you have to call all the companies and none of them have them. But if you can get one to go from a blue state to a red state, um, we were getting quotes of thousands and thousands of dollars. I want to say six to $8,000 to rent for just like three days, a, a, a one of the large vans. Wow. Now, if I rent <laughs> in a red state, and go to a blue state, it's $1,000. Interesting. Wonder why that so, is. <laughs> why? Because everyone's moving. They need trucks to be in the blue states because everyone's moving out. So here's well, I know, what we did. I know U-Haul was hiring people to drive them from the south right? back to New York. Exactly. exactly. Right. Same thing. They're, they can't get enough trucks there. So hmm. um, what we did is we rented a truck in our red state, went to our blue state, brought it back and returned it and spent $1,000 instead of thousands, thousands of dollars. Mm-hmm, so sure. think about that. And if you do some pre-planning on that, you can save a lot of money. Glenn, I we did that truck rental three different times. And Glenn says, you probably saved us $20,000 $20, by doing it that way. Yes, I did. Um, and yes, you, if you're... if because. Moving companies are backlogged too. So if you end up doing this on your own, get ready. Yes, Shelby <laughs> got really lean and mean because she was doing a lot of heavy lifting and moving big pieces of furniture and exhausting herself for most of last summer. And I have no shoulder injury now that we're working on getting oh, rid of. But oh um, yeah, because it's wear and tear. Go ahead. I was just going to say, uh, I, I remember this. I, I moved myself and and my daughter at the time before she married when I was separating and divorced, I moved at least three times. And she, that little girl and I and her boyfriend, we pushed those sofas and those high boys. And the and I'm telling you, I would sometimes collapse at night. And I was in so much pain. And I was so yeah. exhausted. I knew I was doing the right thing. But I was tearing my body up. And it I, is you, not. Yeah. yeah. You need help. And don't be yeah. afraid to ask for it if you can get nope. it. Nope. <laughs> I'll tell you what, the local fo- the local high school football team got paid some good money, but it's still a lot. Yeah. I remember when on our final trip, I helped, we, we stayed in a hotel that first night and I showed Glenn my forearms and my feet because I kept dropping, you know, you drop stuff on your feet and my arms were just black and blue. So mm-hmm. you're going to have some wear and tear. Um, so there's that. So think about... Free, if you can buy property out. Here's the other thing that we realized. Because we had bought our Montana property before we left Washington State, we avoided capital gains taxes. Talk to your financial person, your tax advisor, how you can do that to save yourself a big tax bill. Smart. Uh, it is. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I would say that. And then um, it's going to hurt financially. I, You know, again, we we made money on the sale of our house. We did well buying. We did pretty well buying this. It still costs, mm-hmm. and it's still painful. And we're now, Glenn and I are kind of at the end of that pain, and we're now like, you know, we made it. It is a, it is huge to purposely uproot yourself from a place that you intentionally put down deep roots and to change and. And, um, you know, we've had the conversation and I've said it to Glenn. I said, I know God meant for, wanted us. He told us we we're supposed to move. But, man, he never makes the journey easy. <laughs> Ask the Israelites, you know. Oh, right. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, just be prepared. It's it, There's going to be a, 
you know, I just, it's, it's going to suck. That's all mm-hmm. there is to it. And yes, in, in the middle of that for us, Glenn was, you know, very, very weak from chemotherapy treatment. And, you know, that kind of bugged him that he couldn't help me. And he's watching me just, you know, bust my gut doing this. And, you know, you make lemonade out of lemons and find your way, find mm-hmm. your way. I, I, I can say this. If, you, if this can collapse continues to go as it goes and this country continues to fracture like it is, you need to think of, of it. If you are staying in a blue state, you are behind enemy lines. You are going to be yeah. amongst people that despise you and hate you. If they find out how you, how you think and feel, you are going to be in a place that will slowly, quickly nowadays, take mm-hmm. away your rights and your ability to provide for your family. That goes back to kind of what we were saying before. Yeah, so, you, you'll be in a war yeah. zone. They will occupy your streets. They will shut you down. They will barricade you. You know, ask Portland, ask Seattle, ask some of these cities what occupied feels like. And that was just a brief two-week foray into how great that worked out, which obviously it collapsed on itself. But the idea is there. You know, we're go- we're coming and we're going to rule you. And you, well, yeah. And let me add to that. I mean, we all know about this stupid little chop, the chop zone in mm-hmm. Seattle that was a very violent young, you know, young men were killed. And what you don't hear about, and the only reason why I know is because I knew people who did security there, the constant fights and the, and the insane amount of crime that happened. Now, here's the thing. Even though CHOP has been disbanded, has it really gone away? Currently, right now, in the courthouse in downtown Seattle, um, the 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 courthouse the i believe it's the um sheriff's sheriff's the county sheriff's department that polices it they won't police it anymore because it's so violent there mm-hmm. is there's footage of how just you know da's just get punched sucker punched there on the street right there and wow. because we have this defund we have all these da's that won't prosecute crimes so we have extreme crime still happening from the summer of 2020, whatever it was, the summer of George Floyd riots. Mm-hmm. So in a lot of ways, did CHOP go away? Not nope. really, no. Nope. Just Not scattered. Really. Well, the, the chief of police in Seattle, she she was left out of the conversation regarding her fun. department. And she said, sayonara, I'm out. And she was a very effective and very law-abiding, liberty-loving police chief, but she... She had to walk because they they just basically left her out of the conversation and we're going to try so, to tell her to be a police chief with no funding. Exactly. So this is happening in Seattle, Portland, San Francisco, Los Angeles, Denver, Chicago, Baltimore, New York City. I mean, any of these big metropolis cities and blue states, the because they all have this, these Soros-funded um, district attorneys that will prosecute crimes, murder rates have gone, just Google it. I did a bunch of research on this. Murder rates have gone up. There's a, there's a like two and a half murders every day in Portland. That's nuts. That never happened when I was there. Now, mm-hmm. there might have been one a week, but it's yeah, this insane. Is, this is so different. if you're a prepper and you live there, again, please, let, entertain the idea of finding a way out for the sake of your life, if any, if nothing else. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. I mean, nobody wants to live in a war zone. You know, they really no. don't. And no. yeah, we're trying to just 
open people's eyes and their ears to the reality. Yeah. It No, it's not fun to think about. It's not. It's scary to think about that these things are happening in the United States of America. I mean, Mark and I are in our 60s. We're old enough to remember a different kind of America where it, it was just unconscionable to think that people could disagree and then kill each other. Uh, right. We would we grew up disagreeing politically with our next door neighbors, our kids at school, our folks at church, and it was simply a discussion and a respect, and everybody went their way, and it just didn't devolve into and, this "I hate you and you shouldn't exist" attitude. And mm-hmm. even a bunch of guys, you know, if you just really got to a point where you got on each other's nerves so bad, you just had a little fist fight and got it over with, and. Nobody pulled a gun out and shot anybody. And trust mm-hmm. me, we all had guns. I mean, we grew up in that culture. Yeah, we used to. <laughs> they, Mark drove with guns to school and walked inside the building with them sometimes to leave them with the principal because he was going hunting after school. And the principal and the teachers admired his beautiful hunting. It was not even conceived that violence with guns would break out in school. Right. There was a respect for firearms. There was a respect for authority. Teachers and parents were partnered together. And when children came to school, when students came to school, teachers could actually teach the subject. They were not spending 50 or 55 minutes managing someone's out-of-control behavior because they're not being taught how to be a human being at home. Daddy had yep. a cure for that. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's interesting to see that with all of the enlightenment that seems to be going on with society about how to discipline children and what they should and shouldn't be exposed to. And believe me, that's a whole nother podcast, yep. <laughs> especially in the light of the current climate about what you're trying to, what they're trying to expose five-year-olds to. Uh, but yeah, and I was a classroom teacher myself for about seven years some time ago and it was it was wonderful to be able to have students that came to school that were prepared because they were already knowing how to control themselves they knew how to share they knew how to be still and quiet and they also knew how to participate they were respectful they did their work and so the teachers actually got to do the work they were hired to do and the parents were not coming behind them pulling the rug and blaming them for their child's behavior. Right. Oh, it's such a different world. <laughs> and and that's, again, talking about considerations moving as a prepper. Consi- you know, when I talk to people and they have that, I can't leave yet because I need the kids to graduate. My kids are still young. Your move will get them to a better school situation as well. Let me give this example. My Um, My youngest son is a junior in high school right now. Um, He is the inspiration for the character Joel in my books, who Mm -hmm. was at the time, I think starting out in the books, he's 11 or so years old. And he's a, he's a warrior. And uh, um, so his, the beginning of his high school, I wanted him to just have a high school experience. So we're living in Western Washington, super rural, super nice. Everyone knows everyone playing on the football team as a freshman and then COVID. Yep. COVID ruined his freshman year. He didn't have a a sophomore year because of COVID. Mm -hmm. So then we moved. And had we stayed in Western Washington, 
he would have been um, exposed to more CRT, mm-hmm. more sex education, because that's the way it's done there, because that comes down from the State Department of Education, and there's no getting around it. Um, and then he would have had to take a COVID shot to play football mm-hmm. if he wanted to play football his junior year, and he was talking about not doing it. And this is a kid that's really put together. Again, when you read my books, you get a really good sense of what he's like. And at the at about the middle of his junior year, he's going to dark places in his mind because teenagers who are athletic are not supposed to sit in front of a computer all day long trying to learn from, uh, you know, math skills on a computer. Mm-hmm. He went to really dark places. And that was, again, one of the other considerations. I want to get this kid out of here so he can go be with friends. He can go play the athletics that he's so good at. And he can actually have a high school experience. So please let that be part of, even though it's not necessarily prepping related, but you can get your kids and you may even think about taking them out of public education because it's a hot mess right now. A lot of people in are. A better, mm-hmm. Yeah. And a lot of people are schools in Washington state. I, I'll give you this. I, the last number I saw, they, they have lost enrollment by like 225,000 students over the last two years. Why? Because wow. everybody moved. Mm-hmm. State of Montana has increased by like 80 or 90,000. So just looking at school enrollments, you're going to see red states are increasing and I can say this in a red state, we're having hard conversations in the public school arena. Why again? Because I have a kidney schools. Don't even, don't even say CRT here. You're going to get a hot mess of a board meeting because we've seen what happens, right? So again, if you're thinking I want to put off a move because I want my kids to stay in the same school and then we'll move, you might actually be doing them a really good service by moving maybe sooner that so Mm -hmm. just to kind of put that all together so there's even though it's not prepping related there's a lot of good reasons to do it sooner rather than later i'm going to disagree with you there anything that we can do with our kids or for our kids that's prepping related we're preparing those kids so i I would put that under the prepping them for a better human experience Mm -hmm. And a more well-rounded education and and maturity and appropriate content, you know. Absolutely. It's kind of interesting, the meme that I read about, there's conversations that I could not have in the workplace that you want to have with my five-year-old. No. Yeah. (laughs) No. If I were to, I know that last summer when, last summer, yeah, because I was listening on the podcast because I was driving so much, but there was a lot of heated school board. It was in Pennsylvania mm-hmm. that when all of that came up with CRT and as well as in Florida. And I think one other state, there were people that were coming to these board meetings, reading out of these books. Oh my God. I know what you're talking the, about. Into the record. And, and oh. it was, it oh. was pornographic. Oh, it was completely, completely. completely in it. Yeah. And so there was this, and I remember the stunned school board, they're kind of sitting there silent because they're culpable, you know, supposedly they signed off on this curriculum and they've got this little group of teachers in the room going, you know, this, this is, you don't censor our, you know, and this book is, it is, it, it is so beyond inappropriate. Right. I would even question its purpose in a college and colleges are pretty liberal with their libraries, mm-hmm. but I would have rather expected to find a, a book like that there 
than in the high school or the seventh grade. Right. And very graphic, very explicit, and extremely inappropriate. Yeah, if I were to read that book in a workplace, I could be charged with sexual harassment. Absolutely. Absolutely. And yet somehow we're supposed to turn around and begin to have... um, Tolerance. Gender talks (laughs) with four-year-olds who that's not what being a child is all about. And that's Mm -hmm. a whole different thing. But it might be, we can lump that under the, the, the parents that have a great concern for the content for their children. And many of, many of them have explored homeschooling. First of all, COVID forced them to, (laughs) you know, know, in March of 2020, suddenly daycares went quiet and everybody was at home homeschooling. And then some people got to realizing it's Home, not so bad. Homeschooling's and, pretty darn cool, actually. It's yeah. a it's a darn good education, and it really doesn't take a. You don't have to be a licensed teacher. Like I have a teacher's degree. You you can homeschool your child without that. Uh, there's Absolutely. there's ways to do it, and we're finding that and we're finding that homeschool children generally have an academic advantage that's measurable. When it comes down to ACTs and SATs, and they're trying to throw that out now because apparently that's And it's also racist, measurable you know. when you look at the number of scholarships that these kids mm-hmm. get, the percentage well, that goes to homeschool. For one thing, they've actually received an education, and they've done it in a very non-traditional way, and they've done so... And a lot of them are co-oping. So it's not people yep. like, oh, homeschool, that's just you and your kid. No, some of these co-ops are, you know, 100 strong. Yeah, I taught ham radio to a homeschool co-op. And it's is one it, day a week. The, so if for those that are concerned about their socialization and their exposure to other students and, and opportunities outside of the classroom, homeschool's got it going on, and people really well, need to explore it. Yeah. I don't want my kid to be socialized according to CRT and some of these gender sex education stuff. Is that if that's mm-hmm. what socialization is? I don't need. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, ex- exactly true. Yeah. yeah. Well, Shelby, we have certainly uh, enjoyed you being with us again. Tell us how we can find your books and your website and get in touch with you and give us your social security number and your bank (laughs) account and things like that. Don't do it. (laughs) You bet. So I encourage you all things Prepping 2.0, which is the podcast and radio show that I co-host with my husband and fellow author, Glenn Tate. You can find that at prepping2-0.com. Um, finding out about my books, I, I absolutely recommend them, especially, you know, based on this topic tonight about one, prepping as a single parent and two, moving mm-hmm. because you're trying to get to freedom, basically, um, and to safety. Um, you can find my books at agreatstate.com. It's a three book series I highly recommend. And yeah, and you can listen to our shows. All of our shows are past shows of, of our show prepping to Point zero at two dash zero dot com. Got to get that dash in there. <laughs> URLs do not like two periods or two dots in the. Mm, address, I've, I've so. tried that. Yep. I've, mm. I've tried that back. I listened yep. to you guys when I was on night shift a lot. So you rode in a police car a lot, and, and <laughs> uh, that two dot that two dot zero does not work on a website. Yeah, no, yeah. it's two dash two zero. Dash yep. zero. Great, Shelby. It has been an absolute pleasure to speak with you. You're awesome. You're amazing. A lot of folks listen to you and really appreciate your viewpoint. I know we certainly do. And uh, we hope that we can maybe speak with you again at some time in the future. 
You bet. I would enjoy it. And thank you so much for inviting me. It's been just, it's been a joy. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. And it is our pleasure. Thank you for listening to Practical Prepping Podcast. You can contact us through email at info at practicalprepping.info or on Facebook. The link is in the show notes. Until next time, remember, stuff happens. Stay prepared.